Hey everyone, welcome to the Video Selling Podcast. Uh, my name is Kyle. I'm our head of growth at OneMob. I have my partner in crime here with me, OneMob Rob. Rob, say hi to the crowd. Hey everyone, and welcome to VSP. That is the Video Selling Podcast. We've started this podcast for anyone who wants to leverage the power of video and content sharing in their sales role. Whether you're just getting started or you've already been using video, we're going to have some great guests who have all had tremendous amounts of success with video, and they're going to share their stories, tips, and tricks with us and you guys. Cool. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, it's Kyle here from OneMob. I have OneMob Rob on with me as well, and a really exciting guest, uh, Heidi Lear from Calabrio. Uh, we're going to have a really great conversation today around how to be personal at scale. Um, I know a lot of folks out there, uh, you know, really want to be personal in their communication. It's the right thing to do. Uh, it's effective. But how do you do that when you have to reach out to, you know, hundreds, tens, hundreds, or even, you know, thousands of people in a given day or week? Um, so Heidi has uh, been a OneMob customer, and we've been working together for a few years. So really excited to have you on and get your perspective on this, Heidi. Great. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. Um, well, let's just jump right in. And, and you know, we definitely want to keep this conversational. So um, Rob, Heidi, for you both, you know, just jump in and, and, and let's keep it conversational. But I guess just get us started for our listeners. Heidi, do you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about your background, how you arrived at your role that you're in today? Sure, absolutely. So um, I have a very varied history of how I came up um, in the technology and video world, um, probably starting from the very early ages of a three-year-old wanting to be an acting star on the stage. Um, <laughs> uh, my first job was actually at Disney World. Um, so I jumped up and was the um, really big ham attention person that I am. Um, and then I went on to get my uh, college degree many years later um, in communication and marketing. And then I jumped into the Apple world. So I worked for a very like four years at Apple Business. Um, and that's when I started to really play around with um, the different technology, obviously, that um, Apple provides. Um, and then I found myself going more into the corporate world. Uh, so I joined a company called Jamf, which is actually where I started using OneMob for the very first time. Um, and I was in the sales role at that time um, and was using OneMob to do outreach videos. Uh, but then I wanted to go back to the marketing world. Um, so through you know a hop, skip, and a jump, I landed at Calabrio doing our partner marketing programs and marketing. Uh, so I brought OneMob back into the fold um, and have been doing uh, video marketing ever since. That's awesome. And and I love that you have kind of that perspective of both sides of that coin from a mm -hmm. you know business sales standpoint to that top of the funnel marketing efforts. Um, uh, I think it's a really unique perspective that, you know, um, especially in sales today, if you can kind of think like a marketer, right, um, is, a, is a common term out there. Um, it's really cool that you've gotten to see both sides of that coin. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes I think I have a split personality and I forget <laughs> what role and what hat I'm wearing. People are like, why aren't you in sales? And then when I'm doing sales stuff, they're like, why aren't you in marketing? <laughs> so <laughs> well, I, think, I think that's right. 
Good. Well, I guess you have that unicorn capability then since you can do both. Um, not a bad <laughs> thing. Uh, well, cool. Well, I guess, you know, uh, give us your perspective. Like, why should somebody who's listening, why should, uh, you know, any business professional in any role, why should they care about being personal today? Like, why is that important? I think um, it's a very interesting subject to talk about um, getting more personal because there's so much marketing material out there. Uh, there's all sorts of different tools to use. Basically anybody, um, instead of like back in the olden day, uh, well, not very olden day, but um, <laughs> marketers had to have a very specific skill set to make marketing materials because all of these platforms to create content were very expensive they were very um you had to have specific skills and training on them um, but now with the tools available anybody can put um, content out there in just a few minutes um, so when you are creating that type of content when it isn't personal and because there's a sea of content out there um, there is um, so many things to choose from so when you put more of a personal edge on it and more of a human element on it, it relates to the audience a lot more. They can identify with you and empathize with you um, to really you know, want to view your content. They're not expecting to see uh, actors, uh, professional actors um, coming out and doing these outreach messages. There's a time and a place for you know, the professional um, talent inside of things. Uh, but in this day and age of you know, different ways of connecting on social media and everything. The more you are yourself and your personality, I think the stickier it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like it, it also kind of, from my view, it almost depends on the medium as well. Like if I see something on TV, for instance, and if it is a little bit, you know, there's not the professional actors and kind of the low budget commercial, uh, it's a negative almost when it's on TV. But when I get something in my email, let's say, or something like that, um, I, I almost appreciate that more than that high budget, you know, uh, professional actors like that almost turns me off in those mediums. Uh, so it's interesting to kind of see how the reaction differs depending on how someone is watching that video or consuming that content. Like we almost expect different experiences in different places today. I, yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think you definitely have to consider the different channels and how your audience is um, getting to that piece of content, um, especially with the things that we have to worry about nowadays um, as people uh, in the consumer space of, you know, you worry about your privacy and your data yeah. and different things like that. So if you're putting a personalized message on, say, like an advertised um, sponsored message on a sidebar, that might come off as a little creepier and not as authentic uh, because they don't expect you to know who they are right. um, when they're randomly clicking on things. Um, whereas if you have their personal email address and you're sending a one-off message to them to introduce yourself and you use their name because you have their name, that that is what they have um, an expectation of that personalization for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Really good point. Just in um, like the expectation of how much, how much do you know about me already? And how much should you use? Um, if you're reaching out mm -hmm. somewhere, like you said, like email, LinkedIn message, stuff like that, like it's, it, their name is there, right? So to use that doesn't mm -hmm. feel creepy, but um, I think it definitely has a positive effect. So that's a really good point. 
Um, so uh, tell us this then, when you started in your role today, right? Cause you went from, I think a little bit more of a, you know, personal communication or small groups as it related to your roles in the past to now having to reach out to many folks at once. Um, what was the biggest challenge as you, as you approach this role today, just thinking about mass communication, but you know, your experience had been a little bit more personal. How did you, how did you, or what was the biggest challenge, I guess, like in your mind when you first uh, made that transition? Yeah, I think there was a lot of challenges and a lot of um, early experiences and experimentation that we did. Um, in my specific role here at Calabrio, uh, we built this program from scratch. Um, so it was a really cool opportunity um, to get to be a part of. Uh, but there was a lot of learning along the way. Um, so, you know, we're a pretty small company recently uh, went through a growth spurt, uh, but we, with that, we have a small support team um, to create these programs and communication um, designs for our uh, very broad audience. Our, we might be small, but our audience has been, um, has existed for a while in this industry. So they're large. Um, yeah. So you have to have a balancing act between that mass communication and that one-to-one -one, um, communication as well. And so I think the biggest uh, challenge that when we were first starting was how to make that balance, how to make those tough choices of, you know, when you want to be personal versus like, I need to get this information out there and keep the broad audience connected with the news and updates that they need to have. You might not be getting as personal relationships as you want, um, but you are, um, you, you just have to make those tough calls and what is most appropriate in those moments. Um, so I think, making those decisions and uh, you know I think we started very when we started uh, we wanted to be more personal and then we graduated to okay we need to do this one-to-many communication and figure out our uh, programs and platforms figure out a cadence and then start segmenting and personalizing um, those audience messages as we grow and get into the kind of you know repetitive groove of those programs we're at today is um, we have a very awesome mass communication strategy and so right now we can get a lot more personal with some of the messaging that we're doing which takes you know various different tools um, that we've been able to integrate over time that's a really good point um, you know that's even something that I think a lot of people are dealing with and I know Kyle and myself are dealing with you know when is the right time to keep things personal and you know what's the right message and, and when to send out those kind of mass communications, those one-to-manys. Um, can you share with us, Heidi, you know, what were some of your most successful campaigns or what was your most successful kind of mass communication campaign and what you think made that so successful? Oh, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think one of the, um, I have two examples that kind of relate to each other. Um, so we have a we have our partner portal uh, that we call the Calabrio Success Center, and then we have um, within the portal something we call the Champions Network. So again, it's kind of that same idea of going from uh, mass communication to segmenting um, the audience a little bit. The Champions Network is. Uh, designed to be um, a place where you know the super connected, super engaged 
um, pe people of our audience can go to get even more engaged with our uh, with our teams. So um, in order to get to that uh, that part of the program, though, we wanted to do a mass campaign to invite people to be a part of the the first layer of that partner portal, the Collaborative Success Center. Um, so we did a uh, series of campaigns to take people on a tour, or sorry, to announce what the portal is, what is the Success Center, why do you hear about it all the time? It's at the end of every sales demo that we do, and like the link is everywhere. So we wanted to introduce to our audience what that um, resource was to them, and then had a tiered approach to, okay, now that we've got your attention, this is why you care about it if you're in sales. This is why you care about it if you are a technology uh, partner. This is why you care about it if you're in marketing for our partners. And then once you join, here are some various um, tours based on those segments um, for you to find the resources that you need to find. Now that you're in here, you can become a champion um, and join the Champions Network. And then there's a whole series of communication about um, why be a champion that relates um, in the same kind of methodology as the first one. Um, and I think we, I, I have seen it as a successful campaign. Uh, I've seen my numbers of people registering and the people that were already registered um, being more active on the platforms. Uh, and I think why it was successful is on every uh, piece of the this campaign, we used a personalized message um, from experts um, in that persona. So when we talk about why do you care about this as a salesperson, we had a salesperson come on, record a video, and do a personalized message of why they find uh, the partner portal useful for their job. And then if you're marketing, I'm a marketer, and this is why I find it useful for my job. Um, so again, it, and it went out to our mass audience, but in that uh, in that part of the campaign, it was a personalized message. And so sales and you watch the sales message, you might be like, oh, hey, my buddy's in sales. I should pass it on to him. Um, or you just see that we're trying to make a personalized uh, message within that campaign. So, um, yeah, I think it was a, uh, a unique campaign to do and something that we're going to be able to keep fresh um, and uh, redeploy on a quarterly um, or bi-quarterly basis to continue that growth within those portals. Yeah, that. that's, oh, that's God, brilliant, actually. Um, you know, I was just going to say that, you know, that whole concept of speaking your audience's language, you know, knowing who your audience is and catering that message to them seems to always work well. So that's that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the big... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no go, go ahead, ahead, Heidi. I was going to say, um, with creating that personalized message, um, one of the challenges, because uh, we're like, well, you know, if you're a technology service partner, you're going to care about these things. If you're a technology pre-sales uh, solutions architect, you care about these things. And so we kept making these very small, specific tour videos and messages. And then once we try to put them all together, we're like, we're really just showing the same five resources yeah. and just slightly tweaking them. So we were able to bring that message up um, another notch and just, you know, concentrate on that marketing sales technology aspect. And then, you know, they can 
they're adults. You can go in and find the things that you really do care about and, you know, still understand um, the general message within that little broad umbrella that's slightly smaller than the mass communication persona. Yeah, absolutely love that. And two additional nuggets that I kind of took away from that. Um, One was that just it wasn't just about the specific campaign um, in terms of like, let's say the mass email, but you also mentioned it was talked about at the end of every demo, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's really important here when you talk about kind of campaign wise, whether that's a sales campaign a renewal campaign, you know, others that aren't necessarily in that marketing role, like does your messaging revolve around that campaign? And there's ways to, you know, sneak it in or remind folks in other communications, whether that's at the end of a call or, you know, whatever it is, but it's not, sounds like uh, it, it wasn't just about that one email but let's continue to kind of raise the point uh, across different, you know, communications or different touch points, if you will, um, all in an effort to help that campaign. And I think that's really powerful because especially as, you know, uh, as a salesperson myself in that, in that role, sometimes you get into the, just kind of like, I need to get this email out. Right. Or I need to do this um, Mm -hmm. and just like check off tasks, but you don't necessarily always connect the dots. Um, when you think about the next time you have a phone call with somebody or whatever the case is, um, I think it's it was a good point, just that these campaigns and your efforts should be connected. You should be thinking about it at kind of a higher level because um, all these touch points, you know, at the end of the day, all uh, have kind of a common goal, if you will. Um, so I think that was really awesome. The second one was uh, how you mentioned how you segmented that large list into maybe like uh, personas, right? Uh, by role, you mentioned kind of sales, marketing, et cetera. Um, I think that's really powerful, again, for, for folks that are listening, because if you have to reach out to a bunch of folks at once, um, find ways uh, to segment that list, right? So you can be personal at a high level still. I think that was a perfect example for, uh, you know, uh, this topic being personal at scale. Um, if you do segment folks, maybe not individually, but into groups, if you will, and it could be by role, it could be, you know, by location or whatever the case is um, uh, for folks that are listening, I think that's a really effective way to be personal, but still at scale. Um, so you might do, you know, five messages for a thousand people, you're not doing a thousand, but you're, you're being a little bit per more personal to each group of 200, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you just actually made me think of a thing about like people that are just getting started. Uh, I think sometimes people have a challenge with, maybe they don't know their audience, maybe they don't have the technology to segment by title or you know category that they should be in. Um, and if you ha- don't have that clean database um, and that ability to do that, you can still make uh, personas um, and have people self-elect into it and start building that database. So what I mean by that is kind of like one of the great features of OneMob is uh, being able to create that landing page with various different resources on it. Um, maybe have an introduction video and then introduce, hey, I want to take you on a tour or, you know, talk about the subject matter. Below you'll find links, whether you're in marketing, sales, technology, for example, yeah. and click on the message that applies to you. And so you self-direct them and then you start getting that information. Oh, you know, Joe Schmo over here elected for the sales um, tour. So he must be in sales and care about sales. So you can start bucketing them uh, by tracking their links and their behaviors on that. Um, So I think, um, like I said, people find it challenging to, when they don't know about their audience, to where where do you start? 
Um, and I think that's a, you know, give them multiple pathways, like choose your own adventure book and let them go and take it on themselves to find the right uh, pathway. That's awesome. And just the fact that, you know, a quick plug uh, for one mob, but the fact that it sounds like you had that, um, you know, an ability to add all that content in one place and then get the analytics. Hey, did somebody click the sales material? Okay. Now in my follow-up, I know they might be in that sales, you know, segment, if you will. So that's what you're going to kind of hammer on on your, on your follow-ups. I think that's really uh, good advice for folks that may not have that data out there. You can use technologies, whether it be one mob or other technologies out there to be that filter for you to see what folks are engaged in, um, you know, and, and, and which adventure they choose. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Exactly right. Cool. Um, awesome. R Rob, I'll let you go. We want to do some kind of rapid, or actually I'm going to do the next one, sorry, and then Rob will take over here uh, on the last two. But this is an interesting question, uh, Heidi, because we get this a lot being a video company. Um, you know, folks doing these videos, it sounds like it's been really effective for you as a, as a attention getter, if you will, and emails, you know, letting you uh, get folks attentions. But uh, how did you kind of get over that fear, if you will, of getting on camera, you know, putting yourself out there like that? A lot of folks today, myself included, are, uh, you know, have been in a uh, virtual kind of a sales role where, you know, we don't necessarily show our face all the time, maybe on webinar or, you know, a video conferencing calls and things like that, but definitely not in person. So it, it, I feel like it's it's definitely a little bit different. And, and you know, uh, I've I felt some apprehension from folks, but I also want to just tag on to that, maybe get your perspective uh, in a way that Rob and I can't speak to really, which is from a woman's perspective. Um, you know, it's a little bit different uh, 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 from our experience in our conversations with folks, um, that initial hesitation maybe to get on camera. So if you can maybe enlighten us on how you did that and, you know, maybe even from a, a woman's perspective, the different challenges that may have come up, how did you kind of handle that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, not only from, you know, the gender topic of today, um, it's always in the news and what we should always be thinking of, but also from, you know, I not only from my own experiences, but helping other people in my company and in my life um, get over their fear of um, getting on camera. Um, so I have a lot to maybe say about that. So I'm going to try not to ramble, um, but- <laughs> I'm sure our <laughs> listeners will love it. So go ahead, floor is yours. Um, so I have at the top of the podcast that uh, I started in my life and career, I started in acting. Um, that by no means um, has made me any less nervous. Um, I, I personally think, because um, I also have anxiety. Um, I do have the, the training of an actor and, you know, know certain things, but like any person, I have my um, anxieties over, you know, how I look that day, how I feel that day, who is this going out to? I'm embarrassed, whatever. All of those things that come to mind when we're put on the spot. Um, so I think the various things that go through my mind when I'm um, trying to overcome that is mostly in my world, it's just because <laughs> I have to get it done. <laughs> I, I kid you, yeah, I kid you not. I, like I said, I, can't, I come from a small team um, and we have a lot of workload. We have high expectations um, for uh, the performance of our content. Um, and I don't have um, a bunch of people that I can say, hey, it's your turn to get on camera. I'm, I'm sick of it for today. 
Um, so most of the time, um, today included, I just recorded a video before uh, we got on this podcast and I was having a bad hair day. I have shadows like under my eyes and I'm like, you know what? Other people have that too. Um, like we were talking about that human element, you know, people come in various shapes, sizes, attitudes. Uh, we all have bad days, um, but that just humanizes your messaging just that much more, I think. Um, I don't have a professional makeup team to put all the, you know, makeup and lights on me to make me look the best I could possibly be. Um, and I think that if I did have that, it would make it less authentic. Um, so I just kind of go through most of that um, and, you know, kind of go through that, uh, the paces of accepting myself as I am um, and putting that out in the world. Um, also with knowing that a lot of these um, pieces of communication are, you know, short-lived. These are meant to be one-on-one -on -one communications um, as if you would leave a voicemail on somebody's um, phone, which maybe doesn't happen as often as it used to, uh, but they're kind of just blips in time. This is not a Super Bowl right. <laughs> uh, yeah. marketing segment um, that, you know, millions of people are going to see. Um, so I, I kind of coach people also on that uh, point of view of, you know, you might think a lot of yourself, but, you know, people are going to see it, watch it and, you know, maybe take away your messaging, but they're going to forget the little ums and ahs um, and stuff you might say. Uh, not to say you shouldn't work on those things to um, get a clearer message, uh, but if you get out of your head a little bit, uh, you're going to probably produce better content um, and you'll just get better with time as well. Um, the more you um, put the camera in front of you, the more you forget it's even there. Um, as far as the female perspective specifically, um, you know, we have to do a lot of things to, you know, maybe protect ourselves, you know, be safe out in the world and be aware of, you know, the dangers and things um, to control. But I think one of the biggest things I have to say um, from my perspective, in my opinion, is it kind of is akin to the idea that people shouldn't, you know, uh, judge a book by its cover or use the excuse of like, she was being harassed because of how she dressed provocatively or whatnot. You cannot control other people's behavior towards you. Their decisions are not your problem. So if you are worried as a um, you know, female person getting in front of the camera because of what somebody might do with that material or use against you or you know, um, try to harass you with or different things like that, you can't control people's behavior and you can just you can't make your life decisions based in fear and worry about um, those sort of things you can be cognizant of it and try to you know protect yourself for what you feel comfortable with but it should not hold your life decisions back um, i think um, that being said there are also technology pieces of the technology tools um, again specifically with my experience with one mob of if I think that there is some nefarious something happening. I can just take that link down. I can, you know, take that video and I have absolute um, control over where that content is or what's featured in that content. Um, so you kind of have a lot of power 
um, to control that um, side of the narrative. Uh, so there is power in your hands and you can make the decisions um, that you want I to be love comfortable that. with. And, and really appreciate you, you know, touching on that subject. I know it's a, a hot topic and a sensitive one, you know, and, and we really wanted to just get that perspective from someone who's mm -hmm. gone through it. So really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. Um, I think there's a lot of great points in there in terms of just not being fearful, right? Um, like you can't, not everything is in your control, but when mm -hmm. you use certain technologies, you do have control. So, you know, maybe feel a little bit more comfortable in that. Um, and, and just that practice makes perfect as it relates to just getting nervous about video. I mean, the, I can't, I, I almost still remember the first time I had to like do a cold call, you know, even just a, uh, like a mock cold call with my first sales manager um, and how, I mean, terrified I was. I, it's not that I had never picked up a phone before. Um, I had had many phone call conversations, but um, just going through it, doing it, I think just gets you more comfortable. So um, I, I think that was really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love that too, oh, Heidi, ahead, because, you know, just the experience is what makes you better. And, and going back and being able to watch yourself on video and see some of your tendencies and knowing that and, and going and re-recording that video or just taking that back to the next video that you do, you get marginally better every time you are on video. And I was the same way. Um, you know, the first time I kind of got on camera, I was always more of like a behind the scenes editing type of person, yeah. but I knew the power of video. And, you know, even, um, you know, that first time putting on that video, super nervous, bunch of mistakes, took me, you know, 10 different takes. Um, and now it's just completely different. It's, you know, wake up, turn on my camera and I'm ready to go. So the experience kind of speaks volumes when you're just, mm -hmm. you know, anything new, it's not just video, but getting better at things, practicing experience, those all add up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another, you know, key thing to remember in this potentially cynical time, um, I think in my experience, people are yeah. generally yeah. kind, you know, they're not usually going out of their way to point out your flaws. Like when have you ever gotten on a sales uh, call and they go, Oh, you said, <laughs> right. Um, like right. in, in the, your last email that you said, yeah, you know, like, or the voicemail that you left, um, you know, there are mean people out there, don't get me wrong. Um, and I'm sure a bunch of people have stories about that too. Um, but I think in today's age, we concentrate on the um, negative stories and experience that we, we have and forget that the mass majority of people in the world are just going about their lives and are kind um, people yeah. or at least professional. Um, so I think thinking of things of how you would react um, to seeing a, me a personalized message or things, you're generally going to, you know, be, um, be nice about it. So I think that helps level set people's nervous tendencies point. that way. Definitely. All right, so let's start to kind of wrap this up with some fun questions. Um, I've got uh, uh, two questions for you. So when I was young in career, I like to still think I'm young in career, by the way, but I'm getting up there. You're young, Rob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish, you know, I had, you know, all the knowledge that I had now and I had some, some more advice, you know, when I was early 20s. Uh, what is one tip you would give someone that is, you know, young in career uh, that you wish you knew when you were first getting started? 
<laughs> I wish I knew everything. No. <laughs> I think one of my realizations of um, going through marketing and or sales is you always look up to your mentors and, you know, uh, people that have been doing it for a while and assume that they just know how to do everything. Um, when I realized that, you know, we're all kind of faking it until we make it, um, especially in this uh, technology age of everything changing so rapidly. Um, there are, you know, new processes and um, adoption of new technologies all the time that are changing um, the old way of doing things right off the bat. So we're always constantly learning. Um, so as far as like just getting started and what you, uh, what I feel you should know is um, be, don't be fearful of trying something new and do it with confidence, um, but also ask for help ask people to work on things as a team. And I wish I kind of knew that of, you know, not just assuming people knew exactly what they were doing um, and being that questioning my own knowledge when I first started. Cool, great answer. All right, so one more, um, this one's really fun. I must have come up with this question, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the boring ones were me. <laughs> So Heidi, if you were a superhero and you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? This is such <laughs> a hard question for me because I am such a comic book and video game nerd. I could list off like all of the X-Men powers and be like, ooh, that one, ooh, that one. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to fly? Uh, but like, it would be cool to have, you know, telekinetic powers. Um, and yeah, the most powerful in like the X-Men universe are Omega level. So I'm, you know, trying to be non-biased. Um, I think a cool superpower to have would be the power to have, uh, control over, let's say like molecules, uh, like just, just molecules. So that's like kind of telekinetic, but it's kind of like, Iceman has control over water, not because he has control, or sorry, control over ice, not because he has control over water, but because he can actually manipulate the temperature of the molecules and, you know, make ice. Wow. So, yeah, so you want the ability to manipulate anything <laughs> in the universe is what I'm hearing. <laughs> okay. Yes, exactly. That was a superpower, I'll tell you that. <laughs> she wants it all. <laughs> When I go big, I go Love it. Love it. Go big or go big. Home. <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly right. Well, awesome, Heidi. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. A, a lot of nuggets for our listeners. Time really flew. I was just looking at the clock. Um, so really appreciate you coming on, just giving us that time, giving our audience that time. Um, and if you're out there, you want to join our next podcast, we'd love to have you on. Reach out to Rob and I, um, and we'll see you on the next one.